Welcome to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, coming to you from the northern tablelands of New South Wales. I'm Luke, and on Tableland Explorers, we unpack the truths of the Bible and adapt them to our lives. Today, we are so glad that you're joining us on Tableland Explorers, and we have three brand new guests on the show today. I have Megan, Karen, and Jake with me in the studio today. Megan, we'll start with you. How are you going? I'm actually really good, thank you. That's awesome. Now, are you a bit nervous, excited to be here? A little nervous. Well, I think you guys are going to do a fantastic job. I'm super glad that you are here. And how about you, Karen? How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. You excited to be here? Yeah. Yep, that is awesome. I'm glad that you're here too. Now, Jake, how about you, mate? How are you going? Uh, really good, thank you. That's awesome. You excited to be here to do this study? I'm excited, but I'm also nervous. Well, it's okay to be nervous, and I'm super glad that you're here to be part of our show today. So because you three are new and our listeners don't know a lot about you, we're going to spend some time getting to know you. So, Megan, would you like to share a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Megan, and I have recently moved down from Queensland and doing homeschool with my mum. Oh, nice. That must be good. And do you have uh, any hobbies or things you like to do outside of homeschooling? I really enjoy playing the piano and chasing the chicks around a lot. Oh, nice. So you have a bit of a backyard that has some chickens running around. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, Karen, how about you? Would you like to share a little bit about yourself for our listeners? Yeah. My name's Karen Beard. I just moved to Gara from Narromine. Narromine. We had someone in the show last week that moved from Narromine. Now, that wouldn't be a relative of yours, would it? It was my brother. It was your brother. Well, there you go. Um, And how did you go with the move? It was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Did you have to do a lot of lifting? Mm, A little bit. A little bit. Now, have you got any hobbies or things you like to do? I like doing arts and crafts and playing with the chicks and doing cooking. Oh, that's really cool. Now, arts and crafts. Now, what sort of things have you made lately? I made a flower arrangement for the Gyra Show and I got second prize with it. Oh, that's really cool. Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, Jake, how about you, bud? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I came down from Queensland to Gyra with my sister, Megan, who's also in the studio right now. Mm -hmm. And how did you enjoy the move? Well, I didn't really like it because my friends didn't come with me. Yeah, it would be hard to leave friends behind, eh? Yeah, well, it is a little bit hard. So do you do homeschooling like your sisters or do you go to school? I do homeschooling like my brothers and sisters. Now, how do you enjoy that? Well, it's fun and not so fun at the same time. What makes it so much fun? Well, it's fun because you can finish it whenever you feel like it, really. Yeah, so once you've sort of got what you need done, done, then you get to sort of go and do other things? Yeah. What other things do you like to do? Well, I do like playing with my brothers and sisters and my cousins, and I also like playing the guitar. Nice. That's awesome. It's good to know that people enjoy playing with their siblings. So because it's your first time on the show, something that we've been doing with all our guests on the show is asking them what their favorite Bible character is and why. So, Megan, would you like to share with us in the studio and with our listeners who your favorite Bible character is and why? Okay. My favourite Bible character is Enoch because he walks so close to God. Yeah, you're right, he did. And you know, Enoch went to heaven because of that, didn't he? Yes, he did. And is that something that you want to do, walk close with God? Yes, I want to walk close to God. That's awesome. It's always good to see our young people wanting to walk close with God. Karen, would you like to share with our listeners who your favourite Bible character is and why? Yeah, my favourite Bible character is Esther because she was brave. Yes, she was really brave, and she was brave in a lot of different areas. What part of Esther's bravery do you like most? When she went to the king. Yeah, that took a lot to go to the king, hey, because what was going to happen to her? She could die. She could die, and she went. Why did she go to the king? To help save her people. Yeah, she did, and she did save her people, and God looked after her in that time and gave her the bravery she needed. That's awesome. So, Jake, would you like to share with us who your favourite Bible character is and why? Yeah, well, my favourite Bible character is uh, David because he yep. trusted in God fully and I want to trust in him more. Well, wow, that's awesome. I think David is a really good example of trusting in God. And it's a really good story to see how God looked after David. And in speaking about God looking after David, he also looks after us. 
And now Megan has a story about how God looked after her in an accident she had a while ago. But would you like to share a little bit more details with what actually happened, Megan? It was my first time on a motorbike yep. going round a corner. Mm-hmm. That, and I was surrounded by trees. And I there was a tree right next to the track and I ran into it by putting the throttle on a bit too far. Oh, no, so you got a little bit too quick and you hit the tree. Now, what happened when you hit the tree? Um, I fell over and I broke my collarbone. You broke your collarbone. That would have hurt a lot. Yeah, it did. So I had to go to the hospital. How long were you in hospital for? I actually forgot. You actually forgot? It must have been a while ago, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Did you learn anything from that experience? Yeah, not to run into a tree. Now, yeah, that is a good idea because running into trees aren't very good. Yeah, it's not. It really showed me that through this whole experience, God really looks out for me. Yeah, it could have been so much worse, hey? Yeah. Did God help you through the recovery process too? Because you would have been in a um, sling for a while, huh? Yeah. Was that frustrating? Yeah, I had to sleep with it on. That wouldn't have been fun. No, it wasn't. Thanks, Megan, for sharing how God looked out for you during that accident. And it's always good to be able to acknowledge that God looks after us in our accident. Some people just say, oh, you are lucky to just come off with a broken collarbone, but it could have been so much worse. But it's not luck, it's being blessed and um, God looking out for us. And God was looking out for us when he sent Jesus. And today's study is on that particular topic. There is a prophecy in the Bible that talks about Jesus coming to this earth. And we're going to be going through that today. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP8 with no spaces to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study. So text SOP8 with no spaces to 04888880831. Today we are on study guide 8 titled The Mysterious Man of Prophecy. Also, we have an amazing free offer for you today. So stick around to get the code word. You are listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is for him with, with a strange way to save the world. Just a simple man of trade 
Welcome back to Table and Explorers. Today we're going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled, some are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible, or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on the previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers, or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. We are about to start our study. If you would like to follow along with us, then text SOP8 with no spaces to 04 808 our study is titled The Mystery Man of Prophecy. Well, we are about to start our Bible study. So as usual, we're going to have a word of prayer before we start. Dear Jesus, as we open our Bibles and these study guides, I pray that your Holy Spirit will lead and guide us to the conclusions and to the outcomes of this study that you need us to come to, Lord. We just pray that you be with us in the studio May you bless us as we study, and I pray the Holy Spirit will be with those listening and convicting them of who you are and why you came. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Every day, people in Jerusalem go down to the Western Wall, praying for the coming of the Messiah. Earnestly and with deep respect, they rock their bodies backwards and forwards, humbly pleading to their God. The people of Israel hope and pray that soon the Messiah will come and return their treasured temple to its former glory. The political and spiritual hope of the Jew is a Messiah who will bring freedom to the people of Israel and peace to the world. Throughout the last 2,000 years, there were many Messiah hopefuls. Simon bar Kokhba in 135 AD, there was Moses of Crete in 450 AD, Serene in 720 AD, David Al-Ruli at 1160 AD, Abraham Ablufia in 1240 AD, Shabbatai Zivi in 1626 AD, and most recently, Rabbi Sikaniason, a New York-based rabbi who created much excitement until he died. Where is the Messiah? Why has he taken so long? What has happened to all the promises for the Jews? When will this mystery man of prophecy finally arrive? In what may be the greatest of all prophecies, the ancient prophet Daniel predicted important events in his in the history of the Jews. This included the exact date of the coming Messiah. In 539 BC, as Jerusalem lay in ruins, the prophet Daniel predicted Jerusalem would be rebuilt, the specific year of the coming of the Messiah, the Messiah would die, the unique purpose of the Messiah's death, the specific year of the death of the Messiah, a cut-off date for the Jewish people as the chosen race, the city of Jerusalem would be destroyed again. Clearly the prophecy has major ramifications for the Jews. Do the Jews know about this prophecy? What do they think about it? Should their search for a Messiah be over? In a bizarre twist, not only is this prophecy known to the Jewish scholars, but a rabbinical curse has been placed on any Jew who reads it to discover the timing of the coming Messiah. 
You're right, and it's found in chapter 12 of the Mishnah Torah of Rambam. And it says, May the spirits of those who attempt to calculate the final time of the Messiah's coming expire. With that warning in mind, let us investigate one of the most intriguing prophecies in the ancient scriptures. It will be helpful for you to read the full chapter of Daniel 9, but notice specifically verses 24 to 27. We're not going to be reading through the whole chapter, we're just going to be going through some of those as we go through our study today. Question 1. What did Jesus say was the theme of the Old Testament scriptures? The answer of this question is found in Luke twenty four twenty seven, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Both the Old and New Testament scriptures have Jesus Christ as the central theme. The New Testament writers highlight Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies more than 130 times. Some scholars have estimated that the Old Testament contains over 300 specific prophecies describing who the Messiah is and what he will do. At the very least, more than 50 major prophecies can clearly be identified and tested against a prospective Messiah. What would the chance be of all 50 prophecies being fulfilled in one person? Astronomer and mathematician Peter Stoner calculated that the chances of fulfilling just eight of the prophecies is one in 100,000 trillion. The chances of fulfilling nearly 50 of them would be one in one followed by 157 zeros. By comparing the life of Jesus with the predictions from the Old Testament, it is clear that Jesus Christ perfectly fulfilled all the Messianic prophecies. This study guide demonstrates the evidence from just a few of these prophetic passages. Question 2 is, how do we know that Jesus was a historical character? Beside the Bible, there are independent historical sources which verified the existence of Jesus Christ. Did you know at least 17 non-Christian sources mention Jesus all within 150 years of his life? These include Roman historians, Greek writers, Jewish religious leaders, and Jewish historians. The Jewish historian Flavius Josephus wrote, Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man. He was the Christ, and when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at the first did not forsake him, for he appeared to them alive again the third day. As the divine prophets had foretold, these and ten thousand other wonderful things concerning him, and the tribe of Christians so named from him, are not extinct to this day. Question 3 is, where does Bible prophecy predict Jesus would be born? The answer is found in Micah chapter 5 verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judea, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Micah knew the birthplace of the Messiah. There were two Bethlehems in the days of Jesus, one in the north of Palestine and the other in Ephrathah, a small town in Judea. The prophecy is specific. The Messiah would be born in Bethlehem of Judea. New Testament writers record the history of this birthplace exactly as the Bible predicted in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. Although Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he did not originate from there. According to the prophet Micah, Jesus is from everlasting. In other words, prior to coming to the earth. He never had a beginning. That is part of the mystery of God. Jesus was not just a prophet or good man. He was God. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP8 with no spaces to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP8 with no spaces to 04888880831. Today, we are on study guide number 8, titled, The Mystery Man of Prophecy. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, so stick around to get the code word. 
You're listening to Table and Explorers on Faith FM. Here is the Clark family with In God's Perfect Time. Sarah laughed in her heart at God's promise. Isaac proved nothing is impossible. Martha wept by the tomb of Lazarus. Oh, but death lost when life spoke a miracle. In God's perfect time, He's never been late. His plan for your life is worth the wait. In God's perfect time, you can always trust when the moment is right. The answer will come in God's perfect time. Sometimes between your prayers and God's answers, faith can be so hard to hold on to. Oh, but don't give up, cause God is gonna move In God's perfect time, He's never been late His plan for your life is worth the wait In God's perfect time, you can always trust He's never been late His plan for your life Is worth the wait In God's perfect time You can always trust When the moment is right The answer will come In God's perfect time In God's perfect time Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. Today we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled, some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for the Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number eight and at question four. Question number four says, Was there a specific time when Jesus would appear and die for his people? I have two verses here that I'd like to share to answer this question. And the first one is found in Galatians chapter four and verse four. And it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. And our second verse is found in Romans 5 verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. One of the key aspects of the Messianic prophecies revolves around time. Jesus came to this earth in the fullness of time, and he died in due time. 
Jesus himself knew the prophecies, and on more than one occasion he avoided conflict with the Jews because his hour had not yet come. That's found in John seven thirty. The context of Daniel chapter nine is. Jerusalem has been captured by Babylon, the superpower of the day, and Daniel was taken back as a prisoner of war. While in captivity, Daniel received visions from God, outlining global empires that would succeed the might of Babylon. That can be found in Daniel chapter two, seven and eight. Daniel saw nations such as Medo-Persia, the Greeks, and then another empire, the Romans, ruling over the Jews. In Daniel eight twenty seven, it says he literally became sick with anxiety. Where was the Messiah who would bring freedom from persecution and hatred? Why weren't the Jews ruling the world? As Daniel realized the gravity of the situation, he prayed earnestly for his city and his people. He knew the Jews had rebelled against God on many occasions. Now he was concerned that they may have gone too far. God answered Daniel's prayer by sending down the angel Gabriel with. A prophecy that we find documented in Daniel chapter nine. Question five says, "What was the identified time period allocated to the Jewish people?" The answer is found in Daniel chapter nine, verse twenty-four. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. This prophecy deals specifically with the future of the Jews. We know this because Gabriel pinpoints to Daniel, your people and your holy city. At the start of this prophecy, Daniel is given a time code. The Jewish people would have seventy weeks, or four hundred ninety days, to make an end of sins and bring in everlasting righteousness. This man, God, would give the Jews another opportunity to stop their false worship and become a holy nation. So, from this, the Messiah fact one: the Jews were given seventy weeks or four hundred ninety days to repent. Question six is: in prophetic symbolism, what does a day represent? Our answer is found in Ezekiel four six: I have laid on you a day for each year. This text is telling us in Bible prophecy a day represents a literal year. This principle, found in the prophetic book of Ezekiel, is also found throughout the Bible, such as Numbers fourteen thirty four. This approach was followed by Jewish scholars prior to Jesus Christ and is still followed today. The day for a year principle is also the only possible answer to the prophecy of Daniel nine. It would be impossible for all the events of Daniel nine to apply to a literal four hundred and ninety days. Jerusalem was not even rebuilt by then. As a result, the four hundred ninety-day time period allocated to the Jews represented a literal four hundred ninety years. Clearly, God is very patient. The Messiah fact two: the seventy weeks or four hundred ninety days represents four hundred and ninety literal years. Question seven is: What was the starting point for this time period for the Jews? This answer is found in Daniel nine twenty-five. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. The starting point of this prophecy was a command allowing the Jews to return to Jerusalem and rebuild their city. This decree, found in Ezra seven, was made by King Artaxerxes in the seventh year of his reign in four fifty seven B.C. Yeah, this starting date of four hundred and fifty seven B.C. is verified in history through the writings of Greek historian Herodias, through Babylonian records, and through the Alexandrian astronomer Ptolemy. Sir Isaac Newton, one of the greatest scientists ever, documented the starting date as among the most easily established. Dates in history. The Messiah fact three: Jerusalem would be rebuilt, and the starting date for the prophecy is four hundred and fifty-seven BC. Question eight is: What would happen at the end of the first sixty-nine weeks? This answer is found in Daniel nine twenty-five. Part of the verse says, "Until Messiah the Prince." 
Daniel was told the Messiah would come 69 weeks after the command to rebuild Jerusalem. If that command was made in 457 BC, then 69 weeks or 483 literal years brings us to the date of 27 AD, remembering there is no year zero. According to this prophecy, the Messiah would arrive in 27 AD. This is one of the most exciting aspects of the prophecy. Messiah means the anointed one. Up until 27 AD, Jesus was a tradesman, working each day as a carpenter. In 27 AD, his life completely changed. Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River and anointed by the Holy Spirit. That's found in Acts chapter 10 and verse 37 and 38. He left his job as a tradesman and began his public ministry as the Messiah for the Jews. The date of Jesus' baptism, 27 AD, is determined by a comparison of the biblical account and Roman historical records. Luke 3.1 says the baptism took place in the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar. History places this year as 27 AD. The Messiah Fact 4 The Messiah, Jesus Christ, came right on time in 27 AD. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP8 with no spaces to 04888831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP8 with no spaces to 04888831. Today we are on study guide A titled The Mystery Man of Prophecy. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, so stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Bart Millard with The Old Rugged Cross. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown Oh, that old rugged cross So despised by the world Has a wondrous attraction for me His glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. Cling to the old rugged cross 
trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a Welcome back to Table and Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to find out who the mystery man of prophecy is. We are in Daniel chapter 9 and have discovered that one day in Bible prophecy is one literal year. We have discovered that Daniel was given a time period of 70 weeks or 490 years, and this time period started in 457 BC. So far, we have gotten to the 69th week, where Jesus was baptized and anointed as the Messiah in 27 AD. We are about to find out what happens in the 70th week of this prophecy. But before we do, if you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number eight and at question number nine. Question nine is, what was the first thing Jesus said following his baptism? The answer to this is found in Mark chapter one, verses 14 and 15. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus knew the prophecies of Daniel well. He even said in Matthew twenty four fifteen, whoever reads, let him understand. Jesus understood his role in life, and he knew that his baptism was the start of his public life and teaching as the Messiah. The Messiah, fact five. Jesus recognized the time that he became the Messiah. Question 10 is, what was predicted to happen to the Messiah? Daniel 9.26 says, And after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. In an amazing twist, we find the Messiah being cut off or being killed. Instead of a king to deliver the Jews from slavery, we find a king who suffers and dies. This prophecy tells us that this Messiah king did not die for himself. Jesus did not deserve to die. He never sinned. Jesus died for you. His perfect life was offered to save you from your sins and give you a hope for the future. The Messiah Fact 6 The Messiah would be killed. Question 11 is, what would the Messiah do in the middle of the last week of the prophecy? Let's look at Daniel 9.27. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offerings. The middle of the last week, being half of the last seven years, is three and a half years after the coming of the Messiah in 27 AD. That would bring us to 31 AD, right on time according to Bible prophecy. When Jesus died, Matthew 27:51 says, The curtain in the temple was miraculously ripped from top to bottom. This symbolized the end to animal sacrifices exactly as the Bible predicted. In the temple service, the Passover lamb was sacrificed once a year on a specific day and at a specific time the afternoon of the 14th day of the Hebrew month, Nisan. As the priests were preparing to kill the Passover lamb, Jesus was dying on a lonely cross. On that dark afternoon, prophecy was fulfilled. As 1 Corinthians 5-7 says, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. This historical time is verified by Jewish books such as the Talmud. Notice the statement referring to Jesus being hung on a tree. On the eve of Passover, they hanged Jesus on a tree. But they found naught in his defense and hanged him on the eve of Passover. By decoding the temple services of the Passover, along with the amazing time prophecy of Daniel 9, we can see that Jesus Christ died 
on the very year, month, week and day predicted hundreds of years before it took place. This time prophecy demonstrates that the Bible can be trusted and Jesus Christ is the true Messiah of Bible prophecy. The Messiah Fact 7 The Messiah is Jesus Christ who would die in 31 AD. Question 12 says, To whom did Jesus tell his disciples to first preach? We find this answer in Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 and 6. And the Bible says, These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter the cities of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. After being anointed as the Messiah in 27 AD, Jesus knew the Jewish nation only had seven years left to repent and accept him as their Messiah and Saviour from sin. Jesus instructed his disciples to focus on preaching to the Jewish people. He longed for the Jewish nation to accept him and present him as their Messiah to the whole world. Even after death, Jesus told his disciples to begin their ministry at Jerusalem. He had not given up on the people of Jerusalem. There was still time if they would accept Jesus, the resurrected Messiah. We have an awesome free offer for you today, so save this number in your phone. 04888880831. That's 04888880831. And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is the Ball Brothers with It's All About the Cross. It's not just about the manger where the baby lay It's not all about the angels who sing for him that day It's not all about the shepherds on the bright and shining star It's not all about the wise men who traveled from afar It's about the cross it's about my sin It's about how Jesus came to be born once So that we could be born again It's about the stone that was rolled away So that you and I could have real life someday It's about the cross Just about the good things in this life I've done It's not all about the treasures or the trophies that I've won It's not about the righteousness that I find within It's all about His precious blood that saved me
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to find out who this mystery man of prophecy is. We are in Daniel chapter 9 and have discovered that one day in Bible prophecy is one literal year. We have discovered that Daniel was given a time period of 70 weeks or 490 years, and this time period started in 457 BC. This prophecy pointed to Jesus being baptized and anointed as the Messiah in 2780. It shows that Jesus would die for the sins of the world in the middle of the 70th week in 3180. This prophecy shows with accuracy that Jesus is promised Messiah of the Old Testament. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 8 and at question 13. Question 13 says, What warning did Jesus give to the people of Israel? The answer is found in Matthew 21:43. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to the nations bearing fruits of it. Jesus loved the people of Jerusalem. Jesus himself was a Jew. He wept over the city. He pleaded with the religious leaders to believe in him and have a heart experience with God. He performed miracles, taught spiritual truths, healed the sick. Jesus did everything to help the Jewish people become a holy nation. Jesus knew the prophecy of Daniel 9 and he passionately warned them about refusing to accept the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Jesus declared the great promise of a glorious future would be taken away from the Jews and given to another nation. Question 14 says, when did the gospel really begin to go to the Gentiles? We find this answer in a passage of scripture from Acts 7.59 to Acts 8.4. And the Bible says, and they stoned Stephen as he was calling unto God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made a great lamentations over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. When Stephen was killed by the Jewish religious leaders, he became the first Christian martyr. This occurred in 3480, exactly 490 years after the start of the prophecy. This was the end of the Jewish nation. When God saw what the Jewish leaders did to the leadership of his emerging church, he must have said in his heart, enough is enough. Go now and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Because the Jewish nation hardened themselves against the long-suffering love of God, the prophecy was over. The Messiah Fact 8 The Jews' probation as God's only chosen people ended in 34 AD. Question 15. What would happen to Jerusalem after the death of the Messiah? The answer to that is found in Daniel 9.26. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood. Until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Here we are told that sometime after the death of Jesus, the city and the sanctuary would be destroyed. This occurred in 70 AD when the Roman army marched into Jerusalem and burnt it to the ground. The city and its temple were destroyed to such an extent that any remaining Jews were scattered to all parts of the then known world. The Messiah, fact 9, the city and the temple of Jerusalem would be destroyed again. Question 16 says, 
according to the scriptures who are God's chosen people today. We find this answer in Galatians 3.29. The Bible says, And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. The Bible says that if you belong to Jesus, you have access to all the promises once made to Abraham and his people. The Jews have not been abandoned or cursed. As individuals, every Jew who accepts Jesus Christ as the Messiah and Lord also has total access to the promises of God. But now we find it is the church of Jesus who are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. That's found in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. The Messiah, fact 10. The Christian church is now spiritual Israel. We have an awesome free offer for you today, so save this number in your phone, 04888-80831. That's 04888-80831. And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Cable Land Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Caleb and Kelsey with Because He Lives. Because He Lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He Lives, all fear is gone. Because I know He holds a future. Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to find out who this mystery man of prophecy is. We are in Daniel chapter 9 and have discovered that one day in Bible prophecy is one literal year. We have discovered that Daniel was given a time period of 70 weeks or 490 years, and this time period started in 457 B.C. 
This prophecy pointed to Jesus being baptized and anointed as the Messiah in 27 AD. It shows that Jesus would die for the sins of the world in the middle of the 70th week in 31 AD. And it shows that at the end of this prophecy, in 34 AD, the gospel went to the world. And the followers of Jesus became spiritual Israel and heirs to the promises given to Abraham. And if you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. Alrighty guys, so I have three points that we need to remember from this study. We have point number one, Jesus Christ is the theme of the entire Bible. Point number two, Jesus Christ is the Messiah for the Jews and the Savior of all mankind. And point number three is if you have accepted Jesus Christ, you belong to God's true people, spiritual Israel. So guys, what do you think of these three points that summarize our study today? I think all three of them summarize our study very well. It's just the third one stands out to me most of all. Because if I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I know that I will be part of God's true church. Yeah, wow, you are right. And it does give us that confidence that we will be part of God's true church. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. I think they all summarize really well, but the second one stands out to me the most because Jesus died on the cross not only for the Jews or the Gentiles. Jesus died on the cross for everyone, even you and me. How cool is that? Yeah, that is really cool. It is awesome to know that Jesus came and he died, not just for everybody, he died for me individually, he died for you individually as well, because he loves each and every one of us. The first point sticks out to me because in the beginning, Jesus was there to make the world and man. He was mentioned all through the Bible, even past his death and resurrection. Thanks, Karen, for sharing. Yeah, you're right. He is mentioned all the way through the Old and New Testament. I think you guys have summed up these three points and our study very well in your questions, and I agree with all your answers. Thank you very much for sharing. This reminds me of a story. A young lady by the name of Tabitha wore a gold locket around her neck. Tabitha's friends often talked about this locket and wondered who the love of her life might be. Tabitha would never open the locket, but her friends could tell how precious the picture of her lover must be. Tabitha would hold this locket in her hands and treasure it close to her heart. When Tabitha died unmarried and at a fairly young age, her friends opened the locket. Inside, they found a simple crumpled up note that said, Him whom I have never seen, I love. What are your reflections on this story in the context of what Jesus means to you? Mm, What a good story. Thanks for sharing that story with us. You know, I think that part of the end where it says, Him whom I have never seen, I love. I think that's like for us, for Jesus. We've never seen Jesus like face to face, but we love him for who he is and for dying for us. I like the fact that Tabitha kept Jesus close to her heart and loved him. And that's something that I'd like to do. What I got out of the story was that Tabitha had the locket close to her heart and that's where Jesus should also be for us as well. Yeah, it was interesting she had the locket close to her heart because her friends knew that it was important to her, but she never told them what it was. In the same way, when we have Jesus close to our heart, we need to share him with others. Wow, you're so right. And that's what we've been doing today. We've been sharing Jesus with each other here in the studio, and we've been sharing Jesus with our listeners today. So I've got a couple more questions to discuss here in the studio on our study today. And if you are listening, just think about what your answers would be. And if you would like to send us your answers or um, send us questions or anything about this study, you can email us on tablelandexplorers at gmail.com. So guys, how has the study today helped you build your faith and trust in God and the Bible? This study has helped me trust in God and the Bible a lot more because I learnt in this study that dates of Jesus' baptism and death were predicted in Daniel chapter 9. This study helped me build my faith with God because it proves that Jesus is the promised Messiah of the Old Testament. This study helped me trust in the Bible because I learned that Jesus is the mystery man of prophecy. Wow, thanks guys for sharing. They were some really good answers and I agree with all of them. The one thing I got out of this study is that 
God keeps his promises. You know, back in Genesis chapter 3, we find that God promises to send a Messiah and Jesus came right on time. And this study shows us that God keeps his promises. Okay, question number two. The baptism of Jesus was his anointing as the Messiah. Why do you think he has also asked us to be baptized? I think he wants us to get baptized because he wants us to follow his example. I think baptism is about commitment. So Jesus wants us to get baptized so we will commit to a relationship with him. Jesus wants us to get baptized because it shows everybody that we have committed to a relationship with him. Wow, that's some really good answers. I don't think I could add anything onto them because they were really well said and I agree with all of them. Our next question is, what would you say to a Jewish person who has not accepted Jesus as their Messiah? I would say, do you want to come to church with me or do you want to come and pray with me? Mm, that's a really good idea because even though they don't um, believe in Jesus, they still worship on the Sabbath the way we do. So going to church would be okay. And, and praying, they still pray to God. And it's a good way to build that relationship and friendship with them before we can start really telling them about Jesus as the Messiah because they've been told their whole life that Jesus wasn't their Messiah. So for them to accept Jesus as the Messiah would actually be hard for them, I think. But I have heard stories of some Jewish people have heard this study. They have gone through Daniel chapter 9 and they can see that Jesus is the Messiah and they have accepted him. I would say, do you want to do a Bible study with me? That would be good. And you could take them through this Bible study that we have done today to show them from the book of Daniel that Jesus is the Messiah. Yeah, and I would use this study guide. Yeah, it is a really good resource, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What I would do is I would first get to know them, build a friendship with them, and then start to study the Bible with them. Mm, that's a really good idea. I think if we mixed all those answers together, I think we would come up with a really good way of sharing Jesus as the Messiah to Jewish people, but also non-Christian people who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah as well. They can all work for everybody that doesn't know Jesus. So our last question we're going to discuss here today is... What can you do in your reading of the Bible to ensure you appreciate the theme of Jesus in every passage? When I read my Bible, I say to myself, where is Jesus in this passage? And that helps me see Jesus through the whole Bible. Well, that's a really good idea, and I think that's something that we all should do, hey? I like looking for Jesus in the Old Testament stories. Yeah, well, that's a really good one. I like doing that as well. I think keeping in mind that Jesus is in every passage will help me to see him in every passage. Yeah, you're right, and we do need to keep that in mind. And that reminds me of those Where's Wally books. Have you guys seen them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you know how Wally is on every page, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, if Wally wasn't on every page, would that be unfair? Yeah. yeah. It would be, wouldn't it? Because the author says that Wally is on every page. Now, have you guys ever had a page where you found Wally straight away? Yes, yes, I have. Yes. Yep. Have you ever had a page where it's taken you forever? Yes. yes. And you're like, hey, is he even on this page? Yeah. Right? It's a bit like that. Now, Jesus says that the scriptures are about him, and we've learned about that, right? The Bible is just a book of where's Jesus, right? Some pages are going to be easy for us to find Jesus on and some stories, but in others it's actually going to be hard. But the author of the Bible says that Jesus is on every page. And if we keep that in mind, every time we're reading in the Old Testament or the New Testament, we're going to find something about Jesus. All right, so that brings us to the end of our study. Now, what we do at the end of each study is we have a response question because we need to respond to what we have learned. Now, our response question today is, the sacrifice of Jesus was for you and me. Would you like to accept his sacrifice today and commit your life to him as your Messiah, Saviour, and friend. Yes, I would like to accept Jesus as my Saviour. Yes, me too. I want to commit my life to Him every day. Yes, I want Him to be my Messiah, Saviour, and friend. Wow, that's awesome. I'm so glad that that is your desire to have Jesus as your Saviour. I made that commitment when I was about your age, and that is a commitment that I make each and every day. Well, thank you guys for being part of our study today. Thank you for listening. We've had an awesome time in the studio today. 
We have learned heaps. I hope you have too. We're going to finish off with a prayer now. And Megan, would you like to pray for us? Yeah, sure. Dear God, thank you for a lovely day here in the studio. Thank you that we could study about Jesus coming to this earth to die for us. Please bless all the listeners and that they have more faith in you. In your name, amen. It has come time in the show to give you the code word for today's free offer. Today, we're giving away the book, What We Believe, Prophecies of Daniel for Teens. There's a lot of strange stuff going on in the book of Daniel. First comes the giant statue made of different metals, which is smashed to smithereens by a gigantic rock. Then the four beasts, a lion with eagle's wings, a humpback bear, a leopard with four wings, and some kind of indescribable beast with ten horns and iron teeth. It also has the prophecy that we studied today. What do they all mean? And did you know Daniel wrote his book so long ago, does it even have any real relevance for us today? Can Daniel really tell us what to expect in the future? If you have ever asked any of these questions, then this book will be perfect for you. We have only five to give away. And the code is hashtag TE20. So text that to 04 And our Faith FM bot will take down your details and we'll get this book to you as soon as we can. The code again is hashtag TE20. Be the first five people to text that code to 04 to get your free copy of the book, What We Believe, Prophecies of Daniel for Teens. Our next study is called Rebuilding the Temple. The temple is also known as the sanctuary. It was a tent God told Moses to build in the wilderness. And later it was built as a permanent building on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. What was the sanctuary and why was it so important? It is so important to some people that they want to rebuild and start the animal sacrifices again. Join us next week as we study the Bible to find out what is the importance of the Old Testament sanctuary. We will discover that the sanctuary reveals who Jesus is and the entire plan of salvation. After this Bible study, you can decide whether the sanctuary should be rebuilt or not. Thanks for tuning in today to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. If you're not sure about any of the things we've talked about on the show today, we want to encourage you to pray, ask God for clarity, and study the Bible for yourself. As David says in Psalm 119, God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God bless and we will catch you next time.